0: If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you
1: can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas.
0: Hey, welcome to another session of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. I have a special guest today, his name is Bob Wheeler, and he is the author of The Money Nerve and also hosts a podcast of the same name. Now, what's interesting with Bob is that he's a comedian, and he is also a CFO and an accountant. So he understands you know, the emotional aspect of money as well as the fundamental strategies on how to get yourself to a place where you're not broke. You're going to learn in this podcast that of the population live paycheck to paycheck. Most of them are unaware of how to get themselves out of that situation, and therefore they perpetuate it. He's going to talk about the stories that we all create that keep us there, and some of the payoffs, why we say stuck, why we like debt, why we like the drama of scrambling to survive, and then some tips and techniques on how you can get out of it. And of course, more resources and how you can listen to his podcast or get his book. I like this conversation because it affects so many people and it's fundamental to the fact that hidden within your personality are deep-rooted beliefs that come usually from your upbringing, your parents, et cetera, that money is dirty or money is difficult or it's hard to make good investments. And these all direct your behavior that keep you ultimately in a prison around the conversation of money. However, today we are going to set you free on this episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Welcome to another conversation with a money master. And in today's episode, we have Bob Wheeler, who is talking about the emotion of money down to the nerve. Bob, welcome to the call. Rock, thanks for having me. So let's go right back into often when people solve a problem, like you're solving a problem for people. Uh, there's a reason you had an experience, something that uh, made you make a decision as to, am I going to you know, dominate this problem or am I going to be dominated by it and be a victim? But you just chose to dominate it and help other people do so. So tell me a little bit about the Genesis of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I originally had an accounting tax practice and That's still what I do. That's still my bread and butter. And what would happen is I would go into tax sessions that would turn into therapy sessions. And people were making decisions that had nothing to do with logic, good sense, great plans. And, And so I got really curious about that. And at the same time, I was also looking at my own personal journey where I was able to dole out great advice and then not follow it myself because I was the exception to the rule. And I was trying to figure out that moment when I could catch up and be in integrity with what I was telling everybody else. And so what happened was, and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, I work with a lot of creative types, and I just kept finding that their unconscious money beliefs and money blocks, as well as my own, were really what were driving me forward or not so forward. And once I was able to start talking with clients and actually get to the meat of what was going unconsciously that they were working off of this GPS unconsciously that was taking them somewhere else, Uh, then we were able to actually make some uh, inroads. We were actually get some traction. And, And so I was talking to a client one day and a friend who was just talking about how ashamed they were because they had just been with their family. Everybody else was a doctor and everybody was professional. They chose their passion. They felt like a failure. And I said, most people are running around hiding their secrets, presenting really well. You don't want to be most of those people you think have it all together. And, and so I wrote, wrote the book to really start having conversations about money and to help remove that stigma of shame around not getting the financial literacy download and to let people know that they're not alone, because I think that's a real big thing. It's very isolating when you're in debt, when you're struggling. It's just not something we share with people.
0: Yeah, totally. So tell us, um, I have not read your book yet, but sounds like I should. So what are some of the things that you reference in that book? Are there money personality behaviors? Are there things that people, you know, patterns that people repeat that are common? Talk to us a bit about that.
1: Yeah. So really where I start with the book, it's a personal journey for each person. And I know that there are certainly books that put people in spenders and savers and all that. I really didn't do that. I really started from the place of what's my history? What do I remember that my mom and dad told me or didn't say about money that I picked up on? Uh, When they talked about money, was it a fight? So does a money conversation mean argument and hostility? Or is it just never spoken? Did I grow up in a a culture or a religion that celebrated money or shamed you for having money? what were some experiences I remember when I was four five and six? Did I save up money in my piggy bank and my parents borrowed it all the time? Did I uh, save money and get praised? And, and so really starting to get into all of that and then starting to look at the emotions and fears that each person operates from. And it's different from everybody. Um, you know, for me, I grew up with scarcity. I had a big family. We were not wealthy. My parents pretended we were. And needing to make sure I've got six months worth of food in the cupboard makes me really happy. Even though today I don't need to do that. I love seeing a pantry full of food.
0: So I love that, Bob. How do you then convert? Because most people are operating being unaware. They just right. don't know. And they go into the restaurant, they order chicken because they are running a scarcity mindset and they figure save the 20 bucks, what have you from ordering the steak or, or the lobster. So once you bring this awareness to them, how do you get them to create a transformation? Because you've got decades of people operating a certain way. Gravity is fierce. It doesn't just happen with a concept. You've got to now go out and practice it. Would you agree? Absolutely.
1: So one of the first things we do is check in with what's your story? And is that story true? Because a lot of us have created a story and then we found lots of evidence to support it. And then we just hold down the fort we are not going to budge from that position so that's the first question is is this a story or is it the truth and then the more important question after that is the cost benefit question because i'm an accountant what's it costing me to stay small what's it costing me not to take a risk what's the benefit i get to feel safe i don't have to experience failure and and then decide do i want a different story do I want to change the story? Maybe I couldn't, I, I, I didn't maybe have a choice over the beginning, but I can certainly start now and change the ending. But do I want that? And what's involved? Because there is hard work in it. And I think for some people, they're comfortable saying, yeah, I don't really want to do the work.
0: So you're saying it's almost a coaching session, really, right?
1: It is, it's it's coaching, therapy, all with that slant of financial, because I live in that practical world and I also get the emotional impact and perspective. And and so I try to bring those in and create a safe place, which I think a lot of people don't feel safe. And there's lots of folks out there talking about money that will say, don't spend the money, that's stupid. And they can shame you into a behavior. For me, I wanna create a safe space and get really curious. Why do I keep doing that? Why do I like to be in debt? Why am I willing to not take the steps to get me out of the story? Why do I like being a victim?
0: Hmm. Wow. I love this. Uh, so about 60 or 65% of the population live paycheck to paycheck, according to statistics. Yeah. About 3 to 5% are financially free or millionaires uh, based on, you know, you could, you could make a million dollars a month and spend 2 million. So it depends on, you know, how you manage yeah. money. What are some of the common uh, patterns you're seeing when people are, yeah, uh, you know, why are so many people in debt? What have you learned about that? Well, you know, I think one of
1: the the biggest things, people live beyond their means. They just spend more than they make. What's the reason?
0: What's the reason?
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of reasons. One, we don't want to be judged for not being enough. And so I, I find that a lot of clients feel like, Am I enough? I'm not enough. I got to show that I'm enough. And so, whether I'm trying to impress my parents that I finally succeeded after years of hearing them tell me I would be a failure, whether I'm trying to impress my my college buddies, there's this sense of I got to show that I'm a winner. Social media tells us that, advertising tells us that. Everybody, we see a snapshot of somebody, they're living the amazing life they're living on islands, they're, uh, they're jumping nice out cars. of cars. Oh my God, I want that too. I don't want to get left behind. And so most people don't stop and realize that's just a snapshot of what's going on in somebody's life. We don't know what was happening right before that picture and right after that picture. We get caught up in that. And, and the media and pressure from friends, we just we want to look good too. You know, youngsters today want the top number one thing that kids want to be when they grow up is a, is a social media influencer. Like we yeah. want our stage time. We want our yeah. stage time.
0: Yeah. Humans want significance, right? Yeah. They want to stand out. They want to be noticed. They want to be liked. They want to be needed. I get all of that. Plus, the other side is they want security. They want to be safe, et cetera. And so I've been a saver most of my life because I grew up in a scarcity environment And I didn't want money to own me. So I decided that I would own it, direct it, tell it what to do, have a relationship with it. But even though I'm, you know, financially free and I have 45 streams of income and I have all of that, I still spend a certain amount of time thinking about money. And I started to realize it still kind of owns me. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, you know, here's the thing.
0: When we're young, and I, I
1: And I'll give myself an example, but when we're young, our parents are telling us rules and lessons. I got to college and somebody's saying, why are you doing that, Bob? Like I'm drinking milk out of a bowl. And after I've had my cereal and they're like, why are you doing that? And it was a, most of these kids flew in on jets, right? I said, well, that's the rule. You have to drink all your milk before you're allowed to have a second bowl of cereal. They're like, I don't know where that rule is. I'm like, no, no, no. And and, you know, I had all these rules. It wasn't years later. who gave my parents these rules? And I've been living by them, and nobody else is. And so once I started to learn, oh, there's options, I could say no, I could put that down, I could say yes, oh, I can change my mind. I didn't get those rules. And I think a lot of people, they get entrenched in what mom and dad taught me. And we don't want to make mom and dad wrong. Or maybe we do. And and so then Uh, a lot of way, (laughs) it's one or the one or the other, we're going to Make them mad, or we're going to have them love us.
0: Yeah. No, this is great stuff, Bob. I have this thing I tell um, my wife once in a while, and I say, sweetheart, I want to play the part in your movie, but I keep on messing up the script. Can you just give me the script so I know what to say and I can play the role you want me to play? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, I have a, um, a seminar I teach called Don't Blame Your Parents. And really it's about that. Your parents maybe told you to drink the milk out of the bowl or that, you know, cut the carrots a certain way. But as you mentioned in your coaching before, Bob, is you have to ask, is is that story still useful for you? Is it true? Is it resourceful? Is it productive? And maybe it's just like a carton of milk, you know, the use by date is past generationally or due to technology or due to awareness. And so where do we take them into the promised land of what? What I teach is very systematic and it's six places for your money to go that takes the emotion of your past out of the management of the money. And so you have 10% of your money to give away or you can choose a different number or you have 10% for education, 10% for fun, 50% for expenses, et cetera. And then when you look at your bank account, the only thing you need to do is have some discipline and go, right. okay, I want to go to Cancun on vacation and there's five bucks in that account and I'm going to put it on my credit card. Now you've broken the rules and it's not going to work. But if there's $8,000, you can book a vacation based on the amount of money is there. How do you practically help people manage their money?
1: Well, we do similar to what you're saying is we actually figure out how much we're going to allocate for the fund money, how much for taxes, gasp. If you're an yep. entrepreneur, you got to pay some tax. And 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 actually allocate that. I, I love that you say 50% um, of living expenses. Most people take their 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 income and say, oh, I need to live off 110% of this number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't leave any room for fun or for charitable or any of those other things. And so right learning to scale back and live within your means. um, And really just updating that software in our heads from five, six and seven years old to saying, does this serve me? Like, what's the benefit? And for me, it's actually getting people to start to create healthy habits. And I do it in baby steps. I don't want somebody to turn around and say, oh, great, I'm gonna start saving $10,000 tomorrow. Um, I'm going to pay off all the debt that I accumulated over the last 15 years. I'm going to get rid of it in three months. For most people, that's not attainable. So if we can do things in digestible bites uh, at the same time that I'm paying off debt, I want to create that habit of saving Uh, for a lot of clients. I'll get them to automate, create four or five different online internet bank accounts, have some money going to a couple of brokerage accounts that'll take smaller amounts and just start hundred bucks here, 50 bucks there five or six different accounts coming out of your your banking out of your money you you don't really miss it right and we just slowly start to get there so that then you feel like oh there's hope oh this is doable
0: rather than trying to just jump to the top of the mountain are you familiar with the term pay yourself first yeah absolutely so is that something that you also recommend like you know a lot of people don't know that if the government increased taxes by 10% somehow you'd figure out a way to pay it Right. And it comes off the top and there's nothing you can do about it or the people that do their 401 ks or what have you that come off of their paycheck. And then they just don't have the money to to work with or manage. They actually end up saving called forced savings. Right. So I'm a big believer that when you decide you're going to save first, there's less left to live on. One of two things will happen. You get motivated to make more because you're living below the standards you want for yourself or you decide that you can live within that container, either one ends up being a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I know for me initially, uh, one of my things around pay yourself for, first was, well, wait a minute, if I pay myself first, does that mean I get to use it to go to Mexico and have my two week vacation and go on a no, cruise? You better explain
0: what that means then.
1: Right, and so not knowing what pay yourself first means, a lot of people might say, well, no, 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 I got to do savings first or oh, I have to do this first. Um, paying yourself first doesn't mean you get to splurge on everything in life first. It, it's just this principle of taking care of your basics first, making sure that that is covered before you then go off and do the the big trips
0: and all those oh, things. Okay. Hold on. Time out. I have a different description for it. Yeah. So tell me. To me, the pay yourself first is 10% off the top of what you earn that goes into an investment account. Great. And you never touch it. And after that, you have to live off of you know you you know your rent, your basic needs. But the problem is that most people go, okay, I got an apartment, I want a car, and they decide the standard for that. And like you said before, they swell up to one hundred and ten percent of what they are earning, and then they go, well, next month when things are easier, I'll save some money. And when does that month ever come? Never, never, <laughs> right? So the pay yourself first is all about. Um, putting a, an amount aside and then putting it into an investment and never, ever spending it. It's the golden goose that keeps on producing. And eventually, and this is a follow-up question I had for you, is how do you feel about passive cash-flowing assets?
1: Oh, I, I love passive income. That, that's a great thing. The more we can do that and the less we can work. Fantastic. I think for a lot of people, it's, it's interesting because some people will have a definition of how income has to come to us. And again, that's mindset. Uh, but if I've got uh, a REIT or investments that are coming in and I don't have to do a whole lot of paying attention, because if I'm paying them too much attention, like you know, in the current situation, if I'm looking at the stock market, I might panic I might have some emotional reactions and start selling. So I want to look a little bit, but not too much. Um, but I, I think passive ultimately allows us to live the fuller life that we want to live.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what I teach in my masterminds is that you know, your first thing is, how much does it cost for me to live right now in a month? And it's 4,000 or 8,000. Then our goal is to get you enough real estate or businesses or investments that throw that money off so that if you wanted to take three months off and go to, you know, India, or you had a sick sick person that happened in my life, this is one of the reasons I'm pretty passionate about it, is my father was sick with cancer, basically on and off for two years. And I took care of him. By the time I got back to my life, it had fallen apart. All my investments were all over the place, my partnerships, my marriage. And by the time I was 30, I was back living on my mom's couch. And so having these passive income vehicles that keep on throwing off money can get you to a place where if you had to stop for some reason, you could still live at the level you're at. And then the second level is to go, okay, what is the lifestyle I want? And that might be two homes or it might be money to give more to charity or I wanna buy a Gucci purse or whatever the case may be. And so I need now 20,000 a month coming in and that gives me this really exciting life. I can continue to work, I can continue to do things, but I don't have to. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: I work with a lot
1: of entertainment folks, entrepreneurs. And when people will get a windfall, they'll come to me and say, I want to buy a house. And I'll say, well, that's great. Real estate's fantastic. But if you just buy a house, you just created a whole lot of debt and your income fluctuates. I've pushed a lot of clients into duplexes and triplexes Mm. and fourplexes so that somebody else is paying their mortgage And most of those clients only have to earn a couple hundred dollars a month to cover all of their expenses because that fourplex is paying all the bills. It gives them a lot more freedom to be able to go out and do what they want to do instead of just being beholden to that single home with a mortgage and and then not knowing what to
0: do when when money's tight. I agree with that strategy. And today with... um house hacking which is you know for young people you can buy a house with three or four bedrooms live in one and rent out bedrooms yeah. right and pay nothing we have many people that have done that in our tribe with short-term rentals now one of my things is I own several properties around the globe and I travel to them stay in them and basically Airbnb it to myself right and then when I'm traveling, You know, we manage it as an Airbnb and we create revenue from it. But now I can have several properties around the world that I like, but that are also a cash flowing asset and you increase the quality of your life. Why do you think it is that it's so difficult for people to get to that place where they're really intentional about that?
1: Well, I think people get stuck in a story, you know, having a rental property like I have a house on the west side of L.A. Uh, I've got a guest house in the back. It's Airbnb. It's Airbnb. Mm-hmm. but a lot of people say i don't want anything comm- i don't want people in my backyard right i don't want uh right and there's all this oh that's too hard it, and so we create this sad story of how hard our life is instead you know of what i actually- say to
0: people like that <laughs> I say to people you're broke <laughs> mentally <laughs> Uh, most people like that are broke. I mean, okay, you, if you're a multimillionaire and you have a huge house and a guest house, you leave it empty. It's a different thing. But most people that are have all these rules around I don't want to do this, I don't want to work in the weekend, I don't want to fix toys, I don't have to take calls from these people, they usually don't have any money. But anyway, continue. So you've well, got property.
1: Yeah, and, and I rent that out. But some people will say, Well, I I could never do that because you know, there's that then I lose my privacy, or then I have to change the sheets once a week, or now I have to hire a service. I think what happens is a lot of people have gotten lazy or don't want to participate in their own financial journey or in their life journey. And the reality is we have to show up for it to happen. We can't just sit back and wait for the ship to come in. I always say don't wait for your ship to come in, go out and build it and go out and and then go out and sail it and and be the be the master of your ship.
0: Yeah, you're listening to Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life with Bob Wheeler, who is giving you these nuggets on how you can maybe change your money personality and shift being the type of person that is not owned by money, but that you own and control your destination. Go build your own ship. Are there any particular things in your book that you could share with us that might be a tip or two that people could start right away to start moving in that right direction? You said you like to help people, you know, not do it all in one move, but maybe a couple of things right away that'd be practical for them.
1: So a couple of things that I would say, three things that I can think of right off the bat. One, start journaling about your history and your relationship with money that's been historical. So you can start to look at that and say, oh, I forgot about that. The other thing that you can do is just take a notebook um, or you can use an app start tracking money coming in and out. It's amazing how much money goes out that you don't think about. And it's also amazing how much money comes in that you don't actually acknowledge. Mm. And and so just to start to become aware of that, of the money coming in and out. Um, And the third thing is to just get really conscious um, and aware of that undervoice of your story when you're saying I'm broke instead of I'm choosing to spend beyond my means. And what I try to get people to do is to start to take those stories and then change it into reality. So it might be I'm afraid of I want to be rich, but I'm afraid of money. I'm a, I'm, I want to be rich and I'm afraid of money and I'm learning to do it differently so that I can create a bridge to start to let go of the, the first part of the story and move
0: into truth. Do you have like a, um, a self-help group where people can talk to each other about some of their different patterns? We do. We have a,
1: a Facebook community and then we, we don't do it all year, but uh, for a few months at a time, we'll, we have a money and motivation group and people come in and it's about money, but it also gets into lifestyle and choice and really mindset.
0: What's the biggest thing that you have learned yourself about your money past and how you shifted in the future?
1: I think the biggest realization was that I'm not that unique Mm -hmm. and that I'm not such an exception to the rule. And I think for a long time I kept putting off because no, 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 that works for everybody else but me. No, 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 no. everybody else is more worthy than me. And and so I had this story that just kept me small. And, And I think so many people out there have a story that keeps them small. I wished I had just been more fearless. I wished I had understood that not everybody's gonna advocate for my success. People will judge me. People will criticize me. People may not agree with me. Who cares? Do it anyway, show up, give voice sh- and, 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 and step out.
0: You're the CFO of a comedy club?
1: I'm the CFO of the world famous comedy store in Hollywood and La Jolla. Um, okay. That has been amazing. I actually got that job. I was uh, doing comedy (laughs) and uh, I was running a show and basically Mitzi called me up and said, we're having trouble with payroll taxes. You got to help us out. IRS was ready to shut their doors down. And I made a choice because all my friends were performing there. It's got three showrooms. I wanted to have a place to perform. And I, I jumped in and 25 plus years later, here I still am. Um, wow. With 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 them, I have a, I have a love for comedy and a love for uh, the creative world. So,
0: do you still do a bit of stand up?
1: I do some. Uh, I get to do a bit of comedy through uh, my podcast and through workshops. Uh, I'll probably start doing some stand up again once um, all this COVID stuff in the world right. that's ended as it is. I I I like interacting. I'm not I'm yeah. not a Zoom stand up.
0: Right. <laughs> And are comedians typically good money managers? No, <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst. I know. Yeah. I would set you up that one. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Okay. So, how can people get in touch? Get your book. Uh, follow you, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't you give them some of the details, and we'll put them in the show notes. Absolutely. So, people can find
1: me at the Money Nerve, N-E-R-V-E, Money Nerve, not Nerd. And that has the access to the book, to the online course, to the podcast, to free resources. People can reach me. Uh, My email is on there, info We always love reaching out with people and helping them get on a path to financial freedom.
0: That's amazing. That's good. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing that insight because, you know, it is, it is ubiquitous. It's almost everywhere you look, somebody is, you know, somehow mastered how to spend, but not how to save and manage. It seems like spending is easy now with Amazon and all these outlets, it's just easy to spend. And with the government printing money at the time of this recording, um, there are all these loans going out and people are like, I've never seen so many lineups, at the Gucci stores and the, yeah. all of this. And so I think we are headed for a very, very interesting next couple of years Uh, And a lot of people are going to unfortunately be in in for a wake up call. I personally see the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. I have a lot of assets, Bob, and you're like ridiculous. The home I'm in right now, here went up 25% last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, so I didn't do anything and my net worth skyrocketed. So if you don't own real estate yet, it's just that much harder to get into that game. And it is. so being with somebody like yourself or having a little bit of coach in the corner, I think is going to work really, really to people's advantage going forward. So appreciate the work you do.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And
0: I, I would just say
1: one last thing, like as you're talking about, and I think you preach to this. Uh, most people, if they were to inherit a hundred million dollars, would figure out how they're going to spend it instead of how they're going to invest it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I say to people is, you know, you really need to have a part-time job managing your money. Because if you don't tell it where to go, you won't know where it went. Exactly. And you want to have a relationship with your money. You want to, you know, have it come back to you with friends and and to take care of it and be kind to it. Versus most people are like, money is the root of all evil and blah blah blah. And right. Have these beliefs of if I'm successful, then I have to be responsible and I don't want to be responsible. I want to be free. And so to your point is these beliefs are hidden within our personality. Yeah. But they're actually the ones making the decisions.
1: They absolutely
0: are. They absolutely are. So find them, beat them up and send them on their way. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Well, listen, I will be in uh, Hollywood from time to time. I'm going to make sure that we stay in touch and find out if you're going to be on stage and uh, and come and uh, laugh my guts out. Sounds good. We'll get you in the club. Let me know. Okay. Beautiful. Thanks so much for being on this session. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. Cheers. Cheers. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoney, rockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.